what is the franchise tag in the NFL? We'll talk about that today on the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time If you're sick of the mainstream sports outlets, well, so was I. So I started my own show. I'm Shane Larson, and this is the Game Time Guru. It's different than other talk shows. I'm providing a panoramic view on sports so you can see them through a different lens. So buckle up and let's go. What's up, everybody? Shane Larson here, your host, the Game Time Guru. Excited to have you guys with me today. I'm doing things a little bit differently. As you can see, we're doing a live Facebook video to record episode 132 of the podcast as we talk about the franchise tag in the NFL. Big news coming out this week with all the franchise tagging and and everything like that. So before we get started, I want to make sure that you guys know that I need you to leave me a review on my podcast. I said it last time. Guys, I've got 77 reviews right now, and I appreciate every single one of you, but this this podcast has been downloaded over 46,000 times and in 75 different countries. I need you to leave me a review. There should be more than 77 reviews. So go ahead and do that, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's super helpful. So thank you for everybody who has left a review. If you haven't yet, please stop what you're doing and go do that right now. Um, and then you can get back to the show. Guys, I got a, a, a topic I wanted to talk about today in regards to the franchise tag in the NFL. What is it? and how it can help athletes and, you know, how it it protects the organizations. Now, we won't go into too much detail with this, but it's enough detail to kind of explain for the casual fan who may not fully understand. So the news broke that, you know, certain players are getting the franchise tag. And this happens every year, right? And everyone hears about the franchise tags. And everyone's talking about Dak Prescott on the Cowboys. I'm a Cowboys fan. So Dak Prescott gets the franchise tag. Um, How much it's going to be worth? Roughly $33 But what is this franchise tag? that we're talking about. Okay, so basically, just let me break it down for you. Franchise tag is a one-year deal. Essentially, in in layman's terms, it's a one-year deal. It's a way for you to keep the player on the roster, pay them a one-year deal while you're trying to determine whether or not they get an extension on their contract. That's usually what it's used for. So it's protection for the team as well as for the player. And why is it important for the players? Well, let's take a look here. Typically speaking on the franchise tag, they're going to take – your position's top five salaries, and they're going to average them out. And that's typically what your franchise tag amount is going to be for that season. Okay? So you're usually going to get that amount for that season. And that's a lot of money because especially at the skill positions like a quarterback, a wide receiver, or running back, they're going to get paid more money. So the quarterbacks that get franchise tagged typically see a major increase in in their pay but the downside of it is it's only for one year. And these quarterbacks and other, other guys that are in these positions typically want an extension for the longevity because they know that at any moment they take the wrong hit and their career could be over, right? And so if they don't have that, that long-term contract in place to protect them and their, their well-being for their future, then, you know, things could go awry. So I wanted to take this example, though, because everyone's talking about Dak Prescott. How does that impact him um, and what this is? So, for example, I'm going to use Kirk Cousins in this example for how the, the franchise tag actually benefited Kirk Cousins in, his, in, his, in the way that he utilized the, the franchise tag. And the reason I'm bringing up Kirk Cousins is because, believe it or not, Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott are very, very similar. Two fourth-round quarterbacks kind of flying under the radar had – above average numbers when they finally got the opportunities to play. But some would say like they were completely overhyped or overrated and essentially overpaid is what they say for, for Kirk Cousins. But did he earn it? Let me explain why 
I, I think he may have earned his money because he played the, the cards well. So Kirk Cousins was finished with his rookie deal going into the 2016 season, his four-year deal on his rookie contract. He was averaging around 600000 and some change um, on his rookie deal because he was a fourth-round pick, right? And here's the thing. They, they were trying to figure out whether they give him a long-term deal because he was kind of on that cusp of like, you know, is, is he worth that? Is he worth being a franchise quarterback? Like, should we keep him and build around him? Or do we wait and see if like what we want to do with him? Like the, and there's other things that go in, in, into that as well, including like the players you build around the team and who you're trying to invest money in. Do you put money, have you already put money into your O-line? Have you put money into a receiver? Have you put money into a defensive, uh, defensive end or somebody, right? So your salary cap, you have to be worried about. So they were trying to figure out what to do with Kirk Cousins, the Redskins were. So in 2016, he got franchise tag. And I remember him talking about the fact that, hey, he's just going to come out and play and he's going to trust in his a superior being and he's just going to do what he's supposed to do and the rest will play itself out. Because ultimately, while it's not a long-term deal, the franchise tag is beneficial because you are getting paid a hellacious amount of money. So he went from making roughly six hundred grand a year with the Redskins on his rookie deal. And in 2016, he made just under, it was like, just under 20 million. It was like 19 million, 900,000 and some odd change, whatever. So he made just under 20 million in one season. He went from making 600 grand on his contract to $20 million. Well, he obviously played well. He didn't, uh, but he didn't exceed like any expectations. So the Redskins were still kind of in that pickle. They were trying to, to, to figure out what they wanted to do. And the next season they used the franchise tag again. And the, average of the salaries of the quarterback position at that time had gone up as the salary cap goes up and you see more superstar players in the league stuff starts to go up so he went to 2017 season and made just under 24 million dollars so it's like 23 million and really close to, to 24 so they just say 20 million in 2016 24 million in 2017 so he used those i mean in two seasons he made 44 million dollars two seasons okay off the franchise tag alone. And he just trusted in his own abilities. He said, I'm going to go out there and play my game. I'm going to trust in my own ability. And whatever happens, happens. He had that mentality. Even though at any moment he could have taken a hit that, you know, hurts him or whatever, which would have ultimately led to him not getting an extended contract from a different team or from the Redskins themselves. He played well. He did not get a major injury. And in 2018, sorry, yeah, in 2018, he signed a three-year, $84 million deal with the Vikings. Um, and so he ended up making a lot of money off of that uh, by playing off the franchise tag. A couple of seasons, made some good money, played well enough to get his contract. Um, I wouldn't even say he's an elite quarterback, but he is one of those quarterbacks. He's an above average quarterback. So he got paid pretty well. So the franchise tag actually benefited Kirk Cousins in that particular situation. Did it benefit the, the Redskins? It, I don't know. It, it protected them from putting a, a long-term deal on him. I don't know exactly if it benefited them in the long run or not because it depends on who, how their quarterback play pans out in the next couple of seasons. So Dak Prescott is in this similar situation. Fourth-round quarterback. Um, he's exceeded expectations as he came into the league. I mean, it was kind of a weird situation for Dak, right? He is a weird situation for Dak all around because Dak came in and, and he was actually the third-string quarterback when he came in. There was Romo, Kellen, and then Dak. But obviously because of the injuries that had occurred, Romo and, and Kellen go down and Dak gets his spot and, and Dak ends up being the guy that takes the show. And so he was, he's still technically on his, 
his rookie contract and he, he just finished that up and they're trying to figure out, do they give him a long-term deal? Because he honestly, like, it's super weird, but he's exceeded his expectations, but those who watch his game understand his limitations as well. And that's what the ownership of the Cowboys was looking at. Like, they're like, we know he's a good quarterback. His numbers are great, but we understand his limitations. It's interesting because uh, I've heard a lot of people talking about uh, Kirk Cousins. They are very similar in their careers. Like the same people that were, were vouching for Kirk Cousins to get his long-term deal and saying he was so good at quarterback. Now they're the ones hating on Dak Prescott saying he's, he's a terrible quarterback. His stats don't tell the full story. But honestly, if you watched Kirk Cousins during the seasons where he was throwing 4,000 yards a season with the Redskins, they were, like, they were very similar in comparison to Dak Prescott. Prescott was putting up numbers, but there were some decisions that you were like, what are you doing? And some things that he did that didn't seem right. And there were some reasons that those, like the stats didn't tell the whole story. And this makes me, you know, wonder, like some of those people are, that were, you know, pro Kirk Cousins getting paid are the ones that are saying Dak shouldn't get paid. They have similar careers, very similar careers. Um, and their stats are very similar when they're like, they're exceeding expectations. The Cowboys are trying to protect themselves. They just paid Ezekiel Elliott. They, they paid Jalen Smith. And they're trying to figure out how they're going to keep Zeke, Dak, and Amari Cooper, their big three, while not completely deteriorating their offensive line because they understand that Dak Prescott's skill sets are limited. Okay? So they are trying to protect themselves while they make a deal out of this. Here's the problem. Dak Prescott, it's so hard. It's so hard, especially because everyone's going to say he doesn't deserve that money. And I'm right there with you. Like, I don't know if he's, I mean, that's a lot of money, but in today's NFL, I mean, that's just the way it works. He's just like, it's just like any of us that play the stock market game. Not right now, particularly, but like sometimes you just benefit from the market. You could be an above or just an, an average human being, but you benefit from the market. And that's why, you know, your stocks go up or whatever may happen, right? We benefit from the market, real estate. Kind of loud. If you buy a house and the market's hot and you sell it, you benefit from the market. You may not have done much to do that. You just benefited from the market. Okay. Quarterbacks in the NFL, i.e., Dak Prescott, benefit from the market. If they play above average, but they're not elite, they still can benefit from the market. Um, and that's kind of how it is. Like that's just the reality of the game. And we'll see what happens. The the franchise tag puts a one-year deal on them. And there's three different franchise tags. Let's get back to that real quick. There's an exclusive tag, which is what Dak Prescott has. The Cowboys gave him an exclusive tag, meaning he cannot negotiate with any other team. He is locked into the Cowboys. That is the deal. He is stuck with them. Um, so during this time, it, it gives the Cowboys a little bit more leeway and Dak Prescott a little more leeway to work together to try to make a long-term deal before the deadline. So that technically... He can still make a long-term deal. Franchise tag goes away. They get the extension and set that up for the next season. But if not, he's locked in with the franchise tag for one year of playing. And that's where you start to see certain players who refuse to play on the franchise tag because they want that long-term extension, so they just sit out until it's done. Um, they won't, and, some, and some players like Kirk Cousins, they say, hey, I'm going to trust in my abilities. I'm going to go and play. I'm not going to hurt the team. I'm getting paid. I might as well play. They play it out. Sometimes it works in their benefit and sometimes it doesn't. So there's the exclusive tag where the team has all the rights to it. Now there's also the non-exclusive tag. So this one means that like another team can negotiate with 
this. So if you put a tag on them and, and whatnot, then another team can kind of match that and it gives the original teams, let's just say the Cowboys gave them a non-exclusive tag, which they didn't, but let's say they did, then any other team can say, okay, well, I want him. We, we still want to want to pay you. So we're going to give you this much. And then that would give the Cowboys an opportunity to match. And if they don't match and the other team gets the player, then the Cowboys would receive two first round picks in return. Now there's also the transition tag, which takes the top 10 salaries of the average set of top five. And then if another team, and that, that also allows other teams to negotiate, but you wouldn't essentially get any compensation if you don't match it. That means they go to them another team. If you didn't match it, you don't get those two top round, the two first round picks in return. So there's three different types of franchise tags that the organizations can use to, to negotiate with their players. Dak Prescott and his situation is the exclusive tag. The Cowboys have his rights and they're trying to negotiate with him, which shows me a couple of things. One, it shows me that the Cowboys want Dak Prescott to be on this team long-term. Jerry Jones and the, the management, the ownership of this team, they want Dak Prescott on the team. They do. Um, they don't want other teams negotiating with them. It's just a matter of they needed to buy some more time because it also shows me that they're seeing like, okay, we understand you've won a few playoff games. We understand that you've played above average, but we also understand that you have some limitations to your game that we're working on and we're willing to like work with you on that. They've already offered him a, a pretty hefty sum of money that apparently he has turned down. So they're buying some time. The organization wants him, but they're buying some time, um, which should show me like if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm, I'm confident the Cowboys are going to make a deal here. It, uh, it shows me that they take it serious and that they want the player long-term. So that's good. When you start seeing the non-exclusive tags, it's like, ah, well, like we're going to hold you here. But if another team wants you, we're going to see, we're going to let you test the market. Those are those non-exclusive and transitional tags. Those are what those show me. It shows me that they are really kind of, you know, they're willing to see what the other, the other teams are willing to do. I think the exclusive tag is the way to go if you truly want that player on your team long-term, okay? So you're going to see that a lot. You're looking at like all these teams putting the franchise tags on these players. Um, if you flash back a few years, the Cowboys had franchise tagged Des Bryant. Now, Des Bryant actually ended up making a long-term deal with the Cowboys in that time frame because he, refu- he, didn't want to, he didn't want to play with a franchise tag. And he's a good case here to look at because Des Bryant, Des Bryant, ended up getting hurt just a season later, right? So he got this extension play with the Cowboys. Cowboys ended up releasing him. Um, a lot of things happened um, in that time frame. a lot of drama that happened that next season. And then he ended up getting hurt. And uh, like after the Cowboys released him, you saw that he, you know, he had torn his Achilles. And like, there was a lot that went down that has hindered him for the last two years from being able to play. And had he not signed that extension with the Cowboys, he wouldn't have the, the contract, like the, the upfront money, the longevity and all that stuff that was going on. He at least had a little more stability. You see why some players, pardon me, are apprehensive about that franchise tag. You, you see it because they know that at any moment something bad could happen and they want the longevity. And some people will say, well, they're already millionaires or whatever. It's not always the case, especially in like Dak Prescott and, and Kirk Cousins' case. Yeah, they were, you know, they're – quote unquote superstars they're in the limelight they're they're getting you know a lot of publicity on big time teams they're playing really well but like in their cases they were still in the rookie contracts like i just said kirk cousins was making like 600 grand a year before he got franchise tagged it wasn't like he was making tons of money same with like russell wilson was another one of those examples um he was making he was on a short-term deal with his well he's on a rookie deal and once that rookie contract was up he ended up getting paid right like there's 
they're not all making a ton of money compared to the rest of the league, um, even though they do get a lot of publicity. Same with Dak Prescott. I think he made over $2 million last season, and I think a lot of that had to do with his bonuses and such too. But, I mean, he was making like the same thing, like four, five, six dollars $600,000 a year on his rookie deal. But he was playing a lot, and now it's time to figure out, does he get a long-term deal, or how do they do the extension? And it's, he's going to benefit from the market, just like I said before. They will benefit from the market. But a franchise tag is a way that a team can, one, buy some more time, and two, lock into that player and show them they truly care. Yes, buy some more time to where they can actually come up with a long-term deal if they feel it's necessary to bring them on. Problem you, you run into with a franchise tag, though, is that does go against your salary cap. As you guys know, in sports, there is a salary cap, which means, like, basically, layman's terms, you can't spend over this much money in your team salaries across the board. And that's where you start negotiating contracts. Um, and that one hefty sum of money in a franchise tag goes directly towards that year's um, salary cap. So it's hard for teams to negotiate because then they have to renegotiate other contracts. You know, and there's ways that you can do that. But, like, that's when you start seeing, you're like, how does the math add up if, like, this player on the team gets paid, he's got a three-year, you know, $75 million deal, and this player's got a four-year you know, $60 million deal or three-year $84 million deal. And this, how would they even afford their salary cap with those three players alone? Like, how does it work? That's where the NFL is tricky and they have to come in and renegotiate contracts to essentially make like some stuff incentivized and they do little things here and there to make it so it doesn't necessarily go against the salary cap if you know what I mean. So that's tough. And that's why long-term deals are important because you can spread out those salaries across the course of a couple of years. Franchise tags go directly against your salary cap for that particular season. And that's a pretty big percentage of your cap going into one player, which is crazy. Um, man, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting time. If you guys go and pay attention to like some of the salary cap or sorry, some of the franchise tags that a lot of organizations are putting on their players. Now, hopefully you'll have a, a better understanding as to why. Um, that's, that's why they try to, they try to protect the organization and at the same time, keep the players. They can try to negotiate some additional time and you'll start seeing it. Like sometimes a player is injured to, at the end of their contract and, and they didn't put up as much production, but the team sees the, the potential in that player. So they'll franchise tag them because they don't want them to leave. So they want to keep them and they're going to give them that year, almost like a tryout. And sometimes that's what happens. Like if that player was injured, but they see the potential in them, they put him in Demarcus Lawrence case in point. Demarcus Lawrence, like they wanted him that he had back problems. He was hurt, but they, the Cowboys wanted him. So they put him on a franchise tag to try to like give him some time. And then ultimately it led to his long-term deal and he got paid. So that's what they do is they try to give themselves some time. It's like a, it's just a, it's a backbone for the organization. And it also gives some cash flow to the player themselves. So hopefully that helps you guys understand a little bit more about the franchise tag. I appreciate you guys tuning in now again, make sure to leave me a review on my podcast. I appreciate everybody who's tuned in. Um, this is a new little style here doing a Facebook live. So you'll see this podcast post a little bit later this week as we push it out onto iTunes, but go and subscribe to the show. I'll put the link here in the description so you guys can listen to all the other interviews that I've done and different episodes that we've talked about and, and stuff like that. So make sure to check that out and uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in.